Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. As always, we'll thank our friends, Tarpon Sellers Wine. TarponSellers.com is the website. Nolcast is the coupon code for 20% off. And a big tip of the hat to our friends in Napa Valley as we get into it. Bud, let's talk about a 7-3 and three football team. Uh, I was fortunate enough to do a, another instant reaction where we'd not even respond to the game. Just kind of sitting there enjoying it. Watching uh, watching it play out in the final quarter where Florida State has another college football game wrapped up. And the instant reaction is but just kind of a uh, enjoyable in-game chuckle at what's playing out in front of us. So we'll bring you in from there, get into it, and uh, should be a very enjoyable Nolcast. Man, I'm excited to do this one. I, I listened to the instant awesome work as always. And so let's start off tonight with a stat. You know, I like the stats, and I know the audience likes when the stats are positive, and I'm I'm pretty positive tonight. Through three quarters, total yards, FSU, 374, Syracuse, 74. Yo, dude, that does not suck, right? This Knowles team is a good football team when it's healthy. And right now, it's pretty healthy. Your stars got to got to play like your stars, and they are. And your role players are playing like complimentary role players, and they're doing their jobs, and they seem to be well coached. And we can get into this, and I know we will. Like that is the three worst conference opponents in the aggregate, back to back to back that you've played. I think in a couple of years, at least I'm trying to remember like sequencing matters in this, right? Just mm-hmm. in the order, but damn, if I don't wish this team was healthier in October, because you could have won all three of these last games in hindsight by multiple scores. If you were super banged up, I wish we could have seen what happens if you were healthy in October. Mm-hmm. Cause I do think with some luck and some like when your injuries happen, man, like that was in the fourth quarter, I'm watching that ball game. Man, you know, do I think this is a 12 and 0 quality team? No, absolutely not. But with the way these, like the back half of your schedule is just collapsing, I mean, you're winning these games by five and six touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Part of this is you playing well. Part of this is just incompetence slash just roster attrition that, that's eaten some of these teams, right? What if you were healthy in October? Yeah. And you traded like your injury, your injury luck for November. I mean, you 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 got a chance of being undefeated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is wild to think about what could have been this year, and whether it's us or some you know much younger and cooler guys in fifteen or twenty years, we'll probably look back and you know reference the two thousand twenty two team and and what ultimately could have been because it it is a great mystery and defense is totally different with Fabian Lovett. It's a totally different defense, uh, and you're right. We have to acknowledge the level of team, uh, particularly the level of offenses that you've played the last three weeks uh, and who they've been and where they've been. Uh, but this is just a, you know, this is an experience unlike anything we've we've dealt with in the better part of eight years as far as just a, uh, you know, wildly competent football team that cares and is healthy. And in the year 2022, investment and health in November – can help you win a lot of games and uh it's going to be fun to see how many they can ultimately win this year no doubt about it um a couple things here trey benson just looks like he's more confident each week uh which you know to me is awesome uh he's a guy that 
like I still think you need to call things a certain way for him because he's more of a momentum runner, right? Like I, he's not, he's a different skill set than Treshawn. But when you do call it a certain way and when you block it, he's a pretty hard guy to tackle when he has momentum, when he mm-hmm. actually gets up to top speed. He's always going to be more of a top speed than a than an accelerator guy. But he's more of a top speed nice. guy, and I agree with you with what you're saying. Uh, I will say, and I tried to articulate this in the instant, don't think I did a very good job of it. We are seeing him mature. We're seeing him be better about when to try to get that top speed. We're seeing him be more patient, yes, particularly no in some of those, those longer developing runs. Uh, you're seeing a, a running back grow up in, in front of us, and a lot of it has to do with just the amount of snaps he's able to get and a guy that's carrying the ball consistently for the first time well, ever in his college career and in general for two years. Um, but it's, you know, it, it's a guy who's kind of trying to figure out and starting to figure out how to kind of navigate his own, uh, his own gearbox, so to say, and, yeah. and, you know, when, when to put it in what gear and, uh, we're just seeing a, a running back, uh, grow up in front of us and he's a, he's a hell of a, hell of a prospect. So, uh, you know, that may play into some of the questions and, and conversation that we have later in the podcast about, uh, roster attrition, but. Yeah, look, if you're losing kids because they're playing well and they're making themselves NFL prospects, that's a, a trade that you're going to make every day. You know, we, we go back to our discussion in the the early spring when we got word that they were considering taking Benson. And it basically boiled down to running back, due to Mike's history with his offense, is not a position you need to reach for. Running backs in the portal or in the high school ranks will want to come play in this offense. So if you're going to take Benson off a serious injury like that, you better be damn sure. Like, because he has very limited game film. He's a kid we liked in high school, obviously, meaning the staff. I, I, I didn't see him in person in high school. He was in the COVID class, I believe. Uh, you better be damn sure because, like, that's a roster spot you're using, whereas other positions you don't have a great history of developing guys. You might have to gamble a little bit, or you might not have the luxury of picking and choosing. But at running back, you did have the luxury, and – you know, we got word that they had some testing data on him that suggested that the knee was healthy. I was like, okay, I mean, if that's really the guy you want, and they were right. Like, mm-hmm. we're we're seeing the, the benefits of that on this team right now. Uh, another guy I wanted to point out, transfer wise, who I, I thought played pretty well. Uh, I, I thought Big Meech played pretty well, man. Like he he had some nice blocks in this game. I was I was pretty impressed. You know, like he had a couple whiffs, but like I. I just like how he stoned some of these quick Syracuse guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's coming along well for him, coming along for the entirety of the offensive line. Uh, again, we are acknowledging the level of play uh, that they faced over the last three weeks. And that'll be something that we always uh, put through the proverbial filter, but you're still seeing an offensive line starting to, uh, starting to act, impose itself on, on the game and absolutely dictate games. And that's a, uh, Again, not to just sit here and chuckle up a common refrain, but that's not something we've seen in eight years or so. I mean, you've got you. We we went through the whole uh, feces pie that we all had to eat as fans when it came to this offensive line, and <laughs> and talk about what you know. Oh well, we might be okay in three years or something like that. That's four years is the conversation we had to have in seventeen or eighteen, whatever it is. And it's incredible that you're you know, finally at a point here to where I'm not going to call this a great offensive line by any means, but you've got a good offensive line and uh, an offensive line that's playing a big role and more or less kind of conveniently convincing some of these teams to quit uh, fairly early in the game. 
yeah, there there's some business decisions being made. The, the, I think the, the best thing I could say about this FSU offensive line, by the way, and you're right, they are playing with more physicality, but I think that physicality comes with confidence, right? And the confidence comes from the understanding of the scheme and the coaching, and it all kind of ties together. I, I do think Alex Atkins has done a nice job coaching this offensive line. They have fewer busts than they have had in recent weeks. Now, we were not worried about them getting whipped physically by Syracuse. We saw Syracuse get pushed around by multiple prior opponents. Like, that's one of the reasons we were very confident that Knowles would win by double digits. But we did worry about the blown assignments against the quickness and the scheme that Syracuse runs because they are, I think, a well-coached defense. Now, I wonder if there's not some chaos going around there just because it's kind of a house of cards when you lose a couple like you take a couple NFL type defenders off Syracuse defense and all of a sudden it it kind of crashes down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we saw that. Like they tried to play their corners a little more on an island and uh FSU screened death, which if we, if we roll the tape, which we didn't cut any tape, so there will be no rolling of the tape. But he said, Hey, you're gonna have to throw passes underneath, right? Because they're gonna allow a lot of completions. They won't allow a lot of deep balls, and you'll have to block them when you throw your screens. I mean, Jordan Travis played a really quality football game. Very few passes, if any, that could have been picked. He managed the offense, seemed to be in total control, varied speeds, seemed to get him into the right plays when he needed to. And yet, it was like a very low-risk game plan from Jordan, too. And uh, I was I was chuckling today with, with Bill Connolly. People are in his mentions on Twitter because he didn't mention Jordan for the Heisman. For the Heisman. I and didn't he's see him like, in the Heisman talk. Bill asked me, he's like, well. am, I, am I missing something here? I had two separate sections in my column today about the Knowles improvement and that they're playing, you know, like a legitimate top 15 type team right now. And uh, did he see the touchdown reception? Because that's got to count for extra Heisman points. Uh, I, I, I That see, it should. It should. Uh, so, look, they're, they're definitely better, but they just do seem, they, they bust it less. I, I think part of that too is, I think they trust Darius Washington at tackle, right? Jazz is more physically imposing than Darius is. Darius seems to make fewer mental errors, I I think, personally, right? Like, he's not amazing, but I think he busts less. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Again, how do you separate some of this out with quality of competition? I think there's some weeks where the second string defense you're facing in, in practice might occasionally be better, up front at least, probably not in secondary. Uh, than what you're getting on these games. Not against Miami, though. Against Miami, that actually was impressive, right? Just given mm-hmm. the quality of, of opposing defensive line you faced. And um, yeah, man, this was good. Receiver play, very nice. The, I mean, McLean's son in that dude. Uh, oh, that's... Mm, mm. You ever watch those uh, those Twitter videos where the guy goes over the, the game? From the past week, it's like coach oh, yeah. go thirty or something yeah. like that, and he's like, "All right, pisses down your leg." Yeah, all, all, always, always, always open like your mama. Always you know, talks like, to like, Davis like, at the end. Of yeah, it. yeah, yeah, Davis. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh gosh. I uh, the ball or oh sorry, go ahead. No, oh, yeah, no. I mean, one, I always enjoy those videos, and uh, particularly look for them after certain uh, games have transpired. I also. Uh, really appreciated those videos like the thin attempt and hilariously thin attempt to like look like the coach that he's talking about from the week before or whatever it's yes. just you know 
<laughs> whatever. Yeah, Saban won, and uh, I think he did it. Uh, I can't remember. He's had some funny ones. Um, as I look at our scroll here, I see that we're uh, always fond of Louisiana hot sauce, and those are the three simple ingredients uh, that we've been talking about for five or six years, but another one of our sponsors has but two simple ingredients, and they are elite and have been fantastic for us for Five years now, no better team to work with than Shannon and Chad. You can reach them on the phone, 844-FSU-LOAN. It is a wild, rapidly changing uh, real estate market out there, and the world of interest rates is uh, is one that you want as a, as good of a partner by your side as possible, and there's nobody better uh, than Shannon Young. So nobody more responsive, nobody in tune uh, with how to position you best to get that best interest rate possible than Shannon 844-FSU loan, simply put, best in the business, people that we've been so fortunate to work with. And people don't just talk about Florida State, they support it. $250 from each loan goes to Rising Spear. Well done, guys. Ever so proud to work with you. No doubt. And proud of this defense, right? Um, I will say something aside about the defense. This defense is playing at a, a high level. They are doing what you should do against the type of offenses that they've faced in the last three weeks, which is basically terrible slash non-functioning. I, I wanted to ask you this, and I should have texted the, the, the group chat. Why the hell did they play Schrader? Mm, yeah. I mean, what are you doing? Like, the, they have to, I, I need to, I should not be unprepared. I should just look up Syracuse's schedule. Like, what, what, what is, why wouldn't you let that kid heal up a little bit more? There's no way he was close to 100%. Like, did you watch him try to move? Look, look mm. at how he ran all over you last year. Mm -hmm. That's not the same looking kid. He's he's not a good enough thrower to where if you don't have to account for his legs, he's he's worth anything. I mean, they they have wins. They have wins they could pick up. Like, what what if he got hurt more because he's a sitting duck? Mm -hmm. I, I was I was floored when I saw just how poorly he moved. I mean, that was. Uh, I was like, oh, this is not going to be close. Like, yeah. They're just going to tee off on his ass. Yeah, it gives more credence to your thought that some of that was lower leg injury uh, from a couple weeks ago as well. Um, but, yeah, no, not a good look. Not a good look. Two weeks in a row we've seen Florida State play a quarterback that I'm like, uh, are we really doing what's best for this kid, putting <laughs> him out there right now? I'm, uh, you saw the Mario stuff, right? Uh, where, like, his – Freaking assistant SID had to bring up like the clearing protocol. He was medically cleared, guys. Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to, uh, coach. What's the, what's the protocol after somebody's medically cleared? Let's just uh, and have you run into that recently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, you know, obviously, when when your quarterback is medically cleared at Miami and has a non-contact throwing re-injury, right? Like he wasn't hit on that play, the Schrader or not Schrader, but uh, Van Dyke, right? Mm -hmm. So I was. uh Man, your defense came out, and they smelled blood in the water, and they just absolutely capitalized. They didn't think anybody else out there for Syracuse was a legitimate receiving threat, and they were correct in that assessment. Uh, by the way, I do think Sean Tucker still hurt. Like He had one run that looked like he had some kind of burst. I got Syracuse people thinking that he's out, he actually got hurt in the FCS game. It's not been the same since, and they were kind of annoyed that Syracuse kept running this kid late. But I don't want to take away from what Florida State's defense did because I have some questions about them going forward. And I'll talk we have a ranking segment coming up like where these guys rank in these certain, you know, power ratings. But this is the result that you would expect from an elite defense to do, right? 
they put Syracuse out of their misery. They put Miami out of their misery, and they put Georgia Tech out of their misery. Like they squashed the bug. That's what you want a good defense to do, and that's what they did. Florida State cannot control that it has played three backup quarterbacks or injured quarterbacks or both in as many weeks. Okay, it, they can't control that they're the healthiest they've been all year at the time when they've played their worst opponents all year. It's just mm -hmm. so happens. Like they weren't as bad as they showed in that middle stretch. And we talked about that. When they get healthy, they're going to look better. They're probably also not playing at a like a top five defense level, but we don't know that because we haven't seen it. But what they are doing is they're playing assignment football, they're playing fast, they're playing physical, they're rallying to the ball. And even when it's blood in the water time and you know everybody's going to get a tackle for loss, I still think they're playing pretty disciplined football. I think Randy Shannon's linebackers look good to me, right? Like they're taking the proper angles, they're taking on blocks, they're funneling stuff, they're spilling stuff. It's It does look good. And, you know, Verson Lovett and Pat Payton and those guys are, are, are having a field day up front. Mm -hmm. They're playing well. Oh, it's, I mean, watching 56 and 44 come of come of age is is uh is a whole lot of fun and certainly will lead into uh, some of the conversation we have as far as roster uh structure moving forward and and what that looks like but no i mean the defense uh i don't I, i'm i'm trying to enjoy and appreciate this defense without sounding like a crazy hater as well because this is you're right this is exactly what an elite defense would do and that's all that you can ask a team and a coaching staff to do uh would I have loved to see this defense maybe face a better passing threat as we're kind of trying to make evaluations of where we really are as a defense and how much growth has truly occurred? Yeah, and maybe – I don't know you're going to say that. I was about to say maybe the bowl game, but ew. we'll get there. We've got a fun segment nicely in our bowl projection segment, but, I mean, who knows if you can really uh, make a whole lot of fair uh, judgments about a coach. And, and you know, if, if you're – question as to some of the changes or if there need to be changes on the defensive side of the ball this is a tough little period of time trying to figure out uh whether or not that's a belief that you still hold you know stay uh stay steady with or uh, steadfast with and and whether or not these performances has changed your opinion that's obviously only uh only opinion that matters in that uh, discussion is is of but the head coach but personally i don't know if empathy is the right word guys getting ton of money gets to make decisions but i i do have some i can i can acknowledge where that would be a hard evaluation process oh yeah for sure i mean that, that's that's going to be on mike to figure out if if you know if they have the right combination of coaching and recruiting right on on, on that defense uh a couple other things i like on, on the defense number one dents graded out pretty well this month so that's encouraging that they're they're seeing him you know not go downhill uh, I I did like that. Gainer flashed a little bit, so that was cool, right? Like, I mean, nice to, as his career is kind of coming to an end. You know, nice that you're seeing some plays, but I want to talk about this. How many snaps? Don't look if you if you already have it. How many snaps did the guy on this defense on Saturday with the most snaps play? I don't have those numbers. Good uh, twenty nine. Pure guess. Forty, okay. Forty. It was. Uh, I originally was going to guess forty three. I'm glad I didn't. You would have. You would accuse me of sandbagging. All right. So, so Keem, uh, I probably would have. Keem had forty, uh, and only th four other guys had more than thirty. 
Okay. How long has it been since this team has had blowouts in conference play to where you could get young guys in? Mm-hmm. There's so many benefits to this, man. Like Ingram, it's been it's been like 2013. Yeah. So they had multiple conference blowouts. So we're like, you could actually put guys in. And the problem when you had Jimbo was that he played so freaking slow that the kids absolutely backups hated it. And mm-hmm. the parents would complain about it nonstop because you played so slow. You, you wouldn't, by the time you blowed somebody out, you had like seven plays left in the game because you, you melt the clock from the opening thing. It was like you, you played like an army tempo, which is totally inexcusable when you have that much talent, but it's also, it does help prevent injury some if you can blow guys out. Like just this is pure math. If you play fewer snaps, you probably won't like it's less opportunity to get hurt. Just have to look back at the LSU game about making yeah. the game competitive and the costs that are associated with it. Uh, I mean, love it like it's crazy hindsight bias, but if you don't play some of the worst prevent defense I've ever seen for the last two drives, uh, maybe love it doesn't get hurt, right? So okay. Um, here's another thing for you. This is a motivational tool, both because guys know if they practice well, they'll actually have a chance to get in the game, which is something we we used to have parents telling us, like, it doesn't matter how well we practice, we're not going to get to play because mm-hmm. this offense plays so slow under the you know prior years. It also allows you as a coaching staff to have a teaching moment, right? Because you could say, hey, you know that thing we get on you, you're, you're in practice about? You did that in the game. Mm-hmm. You're taking what you do on the practice field to the game field. So why don't you do it right in practice? The, those are all just really, really impressive things to me. Um, I did like eight tackles for loss in the game for the Knolls, three sacks, but a, a boatload of pressure. And that's three sacks in 17 passing attempts, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, to me, the defining drive was the, the drive after the uh, after the fumble, right? So Q's takes it. Was it after the fumble? Trying to it, like they went. Was it that? It was a drive early in the game, and Q's basically went backwards. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. It was. It was after the fumble. They got the ball in FSU's 23, and they went backwards 12 yards to FSU's 35, and they missed a 52 yarder. Which, mm-hmm. hey, maybe we jinxed the kid. Maybe we jinxed him. He's a pretty kicker normally. Uh, He's got a great casual style, real relaxed uh, kicking style. It's just interesting. Interesting to see that kid. But uh, yeah. All right, man. Are we ready for the uh, bowl projection? Anything else that you wanted to remark as far as uh, Saturday no, I, I or thought, where I the team you said the right thing? Like this defense is playing with confidence and they're attacking, right? Do we do we wonder how they would play against a competent offense? Would they attack in the same fashion? Would they be able to hold up on the back end or cover? I don't know. I, I can't answer those questions based on what's happened in the past three weeks. All I can tell you is what I'm seeing. And what I've seen throughout the year, what I've seen throughout the year, I lean towards no. What I've seen the last three weeks, they do seem to have renewed confidence, and they're certainly like they're absolutely better up front when they have their guys healthy. So, I guess my answer is maybe we'll we'll see. Uh, and I know we have a question as well to get to probably during the, the Q and A segment. Or do you want to take that now? Yeah, why and, not? Absolutely. Yeah, let's, it kind of ties into what we're talking about, I guess. So this is from Caleb. Caleb is a Patreon of ours. Messaged us. Why does Bill Connolly's offense, S&P Plus, think so poorly of the Knowles? Uh, him currently having us ranked 38th seems laughable. 
on offense, right? On offense, yeah, yes, excuse me. Uh, well, I did say offense S and P, but yeah, offense S and P plus. All right, so um, obviously I'm, I'm Fred's Bill. Like I understand how his system works pretty well. Uh, I obviously use it in my picks. Like I don't pick based on that, but I I, I definitely look at it. So I, I do feel like I'm fairly qualified to answer this, right? Um, and I usually just G-chat him daily and be like, hey, what about this? Why don't you account for this? And he's like, that's not a thing we could account for. Like, bud, you're set. You're in set. You're a crazy person. Um, so right now, FSU ranks 38th in in offensive SP plus and 26th in defense. Ask any FSU fan out there, do you think the offense is better than the defense? The answer is going to be yes. So why are some of the advancements? I hope, right? Like, do you know anybody who thinks his defense is better than the offense? Mm, no, I don't. Okay, I don't either. And I don't think anybody who, who watches them on a daily basis does. That's not to say the defense is bad. It's not a bad defense. But I do think the offense is better. So a couple reasons why, okay? If you look at, like, their offensive performance in some of these games relative to what they're expected to do, I think there's some things the system might be missing on a little bit. So pre-garbage time points versus expected. A number I pulled out for you, right? Because mm-hmm. I was able, able to look at what Bill's system was projecting. So, all right, Duquesne is basically a wash. You scored about five or six points more. There's no garbage time in the LSU game, uh, obviously. You score about five or six points more than expected there. It was looking for about you know 17 to 20. So that's that's good. You scored the amount that was expected at Louisville. Louisville's defense is not very good, right? They're kind of like a turnover-fueled luck box of a defense. But like as far as actually getting stops, not really. So now Bill's system does not know that Jordan Travis missed the second half of that game. Ultimately, FSU still moved the ball fine, so it doesn't. it's not really super relevant. But it is relevant in that if Jordan stays in, there's a chance you score like 42 or 45 and not the 35 that Tate Rodemaker put up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, against Boston College, you put up more points than expected, about 17 more. Okay. So that was that was good. But, you know, like some of that was them piling it on. You did score early, though, which is accounted for here. Now, NC State, or she, was that? Uh, no, sorry. I did wake first. Wake, not a good defense. You scored way below expectations, 17 points below expectations against Wake. So the, the system is seeing, hey, Wake's defense is trash. Everybody scores on Wake. This Clemson offense that the national media wants to clown on drops a 55-burger on their ass, mm-hmm. right? Like Liberty scored high 30s on them, right? Uh, everybody scores on Wake. It, Heck, I mean, North Carolina had three drives in in goal-to-go situations on Wake and still scored 36 this weekend. So it is dinging you and saying, hey, uh, that's a red flag. You scored 21 points on Wake Mm -hmm. and didn't move the ball very well. It wasn't like you just moved the ball and then just did dumb stuff. Like, you didn't move it. Now, NC State, it actually gave you credit for scoring more points than expected. That might seem counterintuitive, but NC State's defense at the time you played them was playing exceptionally well and still is, is playing pretty well on the year. Clemson, here's the thing. Different systems are going to grade the garbage time differently. Bill actually doesn't count all that fourth quarter stuff as garbage time. I do. 
Like when I'm making my gambling numbers, I don't give FSU any credit for those those fourth quarter scores against Clemson. But still, you were below expectation against Clemson's defense. Now, part of that is Bill's system saw Clemson's defense as not very good. I think because in the prior month, Clemson's defense was really banged up. Remember that Wake also scored like a 50 spot and they had all, all these true freshmen and safeties playing corner. Like mm-hmm. they were really, they didn't have dudes. They had more of their guys back when they played you. I didn't think your overall offensive ep- like output against Clemson was really something to complain about all that much, right? Now, in weeks post, seeing what Clemson's offense has done, I think makes you a little bit salty about what the defense gave up to Clemson, right? I mean, given that they didn't look great against Syracuse, they, they moved the ball, in fairness, but now we've seen more and more what Syracuse might be, how they... You know, Notre Dame kind of shut them down. Uh, then your final three games. So Bill Sisson does not know that Georgia Tech lost Sims at the time. And you scored, honestly, like on the level as far as projection against Georgia Tech, which is interesting because Tech had been blown out earlier in the season. <coughs> um, I think that your offensive performance at Georgia Tech actually was not that bad, right? I mean, you moved the ball really well. You had the one kind of goal line screw up. And in in the last two weeks, you've been really, really nice, right? So uh, six points over expectation, or excuse me, 16 points over expectation against Miami and 11 points over expectation on offense against Syracuse. Again, this will probably normalize a little bit as people start to realize, wait a second, um, this is kind of, like these two teams are these three teams really are, are are pretty sketch. So it's on the upswing. I just think part of it is like when you played some of these teams. Meanwhile, if you look at the defensive numbers, this to me is interesting. So you held LSU five points under expectation of what it would be now. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because LSU's yeah. gotten better. So you're getting credit for for holding LSU to 23. But that was LSU's first game of the season. So, you know, like they didn't they didn't look good off it. They don't look like the same team. But then again, Arkansas held them to like 13 this weekend. So, you know, but Bama held them to, to what, 32 in Death Valley. Uh, so the computer's looking at all the relative scores again that they've given up, the relative yards per play, things like that, and making its numbers on this. Now, at Louisville, you and I think Louisville's offense is okay. But the computer doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. And so you giving up 31 to Louisville is seen as giving up like four points too many. But then here's the thing. Here's where FSU's defense is not – I don't want to use the word gaming the system because they're not, right? But you gave up about a field goal more than expected against Wake. So that's – they don't take them that much for that. You held Clemson – or excuse me, you held NC State way under – now, this is where you start to kind of game the system and why I think they rank FSU's defense so highly and why I think you need to adjust Florida State totals up, by the way, if you're betting them. You're getting credit for a nine-point under-expectation like to the good against NC State. They don't know that NC State lost Leary in the second half of that game. Now, you did really well in the first half, too, but I think the odds are that NC State probably scores a lot more points in the second half if they don't lose their quarterback and play a play a running back at uh at qb then clemson you end up giving up 
roughly expectation, like a field goal worse. Then the last three games, just dominance. Eight points better than expectation against Georgia Tech before garbage time. 22 points better against Miami. And 19, or no, 20.1 points better than expectation against Syracuse. So it's not reasonable to ask computer system to know that like Georgia Tech, Syracuse, and Miami offensively are all just like dead teams walking right now. Like it's not going to adjust that fast to what happened in the last three months. You would need to make your own manual adjustments to this. But that is how the system sees the offense against the defense. Meanwhile, like those of us who watch the team know defense is playing well. Offense is better than the defense is. Can't promise that Bud will spend eight minutes answering your question to all of our <laughs> Patreons, but that was a uh, a comprehensive response and uh, interesting look at it. But yeah, no, I mean, that, that gives great insight too, Bud, into some of these ratings and how they get about. And, you know, Bill certainly has this uh, one of the more accurate systems out there and great to kind of hear a little bit of the nuts and bolts of it. Uh, you want to move Vegas to basically our... stole the system, by the way. Like all, all these openers that come out on Sunday. Really? If you do, if, yeah, like for the most part, if you just use Bill's stuff to bet, like just, just straight up like betting the Vegas openers, you're like, nothing there, nothing there. Like they're, mm. you're just kind of making them off his stuff and then adjusting, mm-hmm. you know, for some injury. But mm. uh, also, I uh, will say FSU is number one in the country in passing explosiveness prevention on defense so that they're doing a really nice job of that okay really nice job yeah let's 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 do some more fun stuff here man will we see some of that lack of passing explosiveness in a bowl game per se oh i like this where might you project it yeah Uh, where perhaps are other people projecting it yeah I, i i do other stuff on sunday so i do not have time to make my own bowl projections um it's a good question. We kind of thought about this. Like, okay, so Richardson is not necessarily a great throwing threat. And Igor and I were kicking this around before the show. Like, when will you see a quality passing offense? Uh, because Louisiana may not be able to block you. And, uh, you know, like, we'll, we'll see. By the way, you did hold Garrett Trader to 2.3 yards per drop back. Just dig, digging through a few more of the, the stats now. And a 15% success rate on dropbacks. Again, I don't really know why you played that kid. Uh, uh, maybe just you don't want to like have a, a, a mutiny from your season ticket holders by playing Del Rio, who's uh, who's pretty sketch there. Um, but like Richardson is did not throw the ball well at all against South Carolina. They didn't need to. They ran for like 250 in the first half on the Gamecocks, who apparently still don't know the game has started uh, in Gainesville. But... Like, well, I wonder if you play a good passing team in the bowl game. It'd be fun to see this defense, especially if you don't have opt-outs. And I don't think you should have opt-outs from guys who are going to be like late round picks. If you're a first rounder, I get it, but I don't think you should be opting out if, if you have a chance to have one more data point of balling out. Right. Anyway, let's get to some of these projections, man. We haven't done this in years. Yeah, this is fun. We haven't done this in years. I I personally don't see a whole lot of opt-outs on this roster uh if fabian has this draft grade and, and decides to go then that's that's one that comes to mind just because he's been hurt already dealt with an injury exactly um and a a good kid good locker room influence but at that point you know your your concern is uh is elsewhere and perhaps justifiably so sorry i have a little bit of a coughing fit tonight um 
All right, Maggie so these... and the kids got home from the beach, and both of them are sick. Oh, good. So I'm like, oh, great. Okay, I'm just gonna like stay up here in my office, <laughs> and uh, yeah, br- bring me food, please. That explains why we. Uh, well, it, never mind. The hour explains why we haven't heard from him. Uh, but, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> all right, so this is fun. It's fun to talk about a bowl again, and Bud and I will clown on some of these projections and perhaps anticipatory uh, have a, uh, a hopeful, optimistic sense of anticipation that others occur but all right so let's go to this action network and they have florida state versus utah in the holiday bowl which would you be know who does San this, is this projection for them who is that it's our old friend brett mcmurphy oh is it okay i knew yeah, he was he with was, them all right. yeah they uh he got the bag from action network and went over there and uh Wrong brett's a good that. dude to hang out with yeah, yeah. i i got got pretty lit with him at uh at ac media day after the final day and uh, this would be an awesome matchup. Like this might be one you and I have to go to, like the Holiday Bowl, San Diego between 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 Christmas and, and New Year. I I could uh, I could see us making a trip out there to that one in San Diego. Classic bowl game. I, mean, I, I think of all like the you know BYU there from yeah. back in the eighties and some of the Barry Sanders stuff. And guys, Utah's a good football team. Like they've improved a pretty good bit since they played played and lost to Florida on that goal line stand in the swamp in week zero cam rising's a really nice quarterback like this would be a fun test for you but it's also a game you could win like i don't think you'd be i don't know like i don't think you'd be favored or dog by more than three points it just kind of depends on what vegas thinks mm-hmm. that day but it, it would be within three either way so like that would be a fun matchup that i'd actually really want to watch uh, next one here let me ask you about are, are you excited about potentially going to Annapolis, Maryland in December to play in the Military Bowl against Cincinnati. I mean, uh, Annapolis is incredible. Annapolis is really cool. I don't know that I would like to go up there as a football fan in December. I will tell you that for six years in a row, I went to just the other side of Annapolis in January to go like duck and goose hunting and stuff like that. So that's different, but uh, not necessarily something that uh your average football fan would I, so this is in annapolis i thought this was in dc or i guess i, th- I thought it was dc too but like they listed as annapolis maybe okay. i'm incorrect well, on annapolis this. is much you know i'd probably i'd probably prefer annapolis annapolis is state capital really pretty uh but no i i passed miss me on this one uh I, when we're talking about potential of you know higher profile games or uh better you know, locations to go to a bowl game. I, I think kind of uh, neither box is checked here. Yeah. Cincinnati, uh, if we did play them, extremely good at receiver. Like they have uh, one of the better receiving cores you'll see all year. Some guys with legitimate speed and probably two NFL dudes on the outside. Horrendous at quarterback. Like it'll be very, like the, if you want to keep the streak up, of just dudes who cannot complete passes on air, play Cincinnati. <laughs> this guy had two 70-yarders, or, or sorry, 70 and a 50-yarder on screens and had under 50% completions on the night when they beat East Carolina. They also, they have a defensive end named Pace, who's just, uh, he transferred from Miami, Ohio, freakazoid. And my guess is an opt-out, like for him. He would be, okay. uh, yeah. yeah. So you wouldn't play him, and then you'd probably beat the Cincinnati team by like, I don't know. 15, 20. Hmm. So, yeah, I'd, I'd prefer not to do that one. Here's one, which is a just 
a very interesting one. How about the, this is from 24-7 Sports, where I work, the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando, which I think is the old Champ Sports Bowl. Okay. Uh, against Kansas State. Fascinating. Um, Kansas State's at times impressed me, at times has not impressed me at all this year, but I guess that's certainly somebody could say that from about Florida State as well. I'm glad that you identified that. I did not pick up on the origins of the Cheez-It Bowl, uh, but that does give us a... I'm pretty sure it's the old champ sports bowl. A reference point. Uh, Florida State played, uh, what, Wisconsin and Notre Dame in a four-year window uh, back in the day there. Uh, so, some fond memories. Uh, but, yeah, I would be... I would, I would I would be fairly interested about that one. I would. Kansas State uh, has multiple future NFL players on his defensive line, mm-hmm. so uh, that would be certainly another test for Alex Atkins' group. Uh, and we, passing passing uh, game not really existent with Adrian Martinez. I was going to say we would get to see the <laughs> legend that is the twelve-year college football player that is Adrian Martinez. Jared Verse might force like twelve fumbles in the game. Um, Let's stay with the Cheez-It Bowl, by the way, before we go to this next one. So the Sporting News has the Cheez-It against Texas. And this is just, I think this is the one I want. If we don't get to go to San Diego to play Utah, which would be fun, and a matchup like you very rarely get to see. Mm -hmm. Playing Texas, first of all, it's it's a major brand. They're an up-and-coming team. Um, They would, this is crazy. I know what the Vegas power ratings are. They would be favored in the game over the Knolls. So you get an upset win, although like, kind of trust Mike and his staff over what Sark's doing right now. But I know Texas is playing extremely well on the on the metric side. I just I like where this Florida State team is right now. Um this is also the Cheez It Bowl. Yeah. In Orlando. Okay. In Orlando. I think you're going the same place I'm going. It's just, it's just it's the uh the Baxter Bowl. Uh, we're renaming it for about a year. Uh, a five star Baxter back Bowl. I like playing it. playing in his hometown. Uh, seeing Florida State and Clemson or Florida State and Clemson, Florida State and Texas play now. Obviously, uh, the bowl game as well after early signing day. But uh, also, uh, there's so, zero chance B. John Robinson plays in this game. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and Texas. I wasn't gonna go. I, there's part of me that kind of wonders if you're gonna see Jared Verse for Florida State side as well. That w- that would be one other guy that I would point on the list, uh, depending on. What he, uh, what his, I mean, look, if, if, you, well, we'll just have to let it play out. But if this yeah, kid gets a grade out, if you need these kids get a first, first round grade or a top 40 grade, uh, not sure you see him playing in the cheese bowl. And, uh, I wouldn't necessarily hold it against him either. Yeah, 100%. A couple more here. The old, uh, not the old, but just the, the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville against Kentucky. Mm. Uh, I like the idea of playing another SEC team and beating them. That's always yeah, good. For another recruiting. Be- beatable SEC team is nice. You get a first round draft pick and Will Levis, who uh, mm, really struggled against against Vanderbilt last weekend. So I'm not sure how first roundy he's actually looking. The next time he plays like a first rounder, will be the first uh, time that he does so. <laughs> but I was hoping to get a different SEC team here, well, like Texas A&M was the one I was going to pick, and I, I looked down the list, man. I I uh, Anger, I'm not seeing them on the bowl eligible list. I haven't been able to find them either. Hmm. No. Um, the, the, the matching up against Texas A&M. Maybe been. next week when they play UMass, they'll get bowl eligible. Yeah, but they won't. I can tell you, actually. Um, oh, wait. wait. They, they have seven losses now? <laughs> uh, it's no bowl game for Mr. Jimbo. Oh, oh sad. That, yeah. is, uh, that is sad. We did get a Twitter question 
would have been she would have fired Jimbo if he had not gone to AM. And I was like, definitely not that year because they owed him 40 million. But mm. by now, I think the answer is yes, if the oh. conduct had continued. Yeah. Jimbo. Yeah. I don't know. It was not a tenable situation. Not a tenable situation. I don't think he would have made it out of 18. I mean, I just, I agree. I, I, yeah. But yeah. yeah. Who knows? They would have found something. Um, all right. Last one here <laughs> from SI, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Duke Mayo. So this is uh, the former Belt Bowl, right? Belt Bowl, the, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, no interest in this uh, at all, although it, there's a hilarious subplot here to play in Illinois. But um, Charlotte, no thanks. Uh, Illinois, there's some funny stuff. Uh, also, I don't, I'd rather play somebody other than Illinois, but if you're, you know. A lot of kids uh, from Florida on that Illinois roster, of, by the way. A lot of Illinois cool. is a, a talented roster, certainly. Yes. Um, it, personally, my co-host on Cover, on Cover 3 Tom Fernelli is a huge Illinois fan and like mm. they don't make bowls very often. So he's extremely excited that they're just going to go to a bowl. Would be like, the Tom and Bud bowl. Yeah, that would be good. That would be good. Good for, I, good for Mr. Fornelli. I laugh and like, ha yeah, not going to bowls very often. Like actually like Florida State has yeah, been to a bowl a couple of years. So like, we're going to need to get, get back to one here, man. Uh, that, yeah, I, I think Florida State would win this ball game just because they're, uh, they're multifaceted and, uh, with the amount of man coverage Illinois plays, I feel like Jordan could have uh, could have a nice day because you can actually get off man coverage this year with some of these nice receivers that the Knowles have added in the transfer portal. So honestly, like this is a pretty good selection of of bowl games to go to. Like military bowl, I hope not. No offense to the military, obviously, but uh, want to go to a bowl with a little bit better opponent and not play an American Conference team. Let me ask you this: If UCF gets upset. Would you want to play UCF? I don't really. Uh, there's not a whole lot to be gained by playing UCF. I don't. I don't have. I a, think you it, would wreck them. Yeah. Well, like just well, especially if like Verse and Lovett play. Right. Um, yeah. I think I think you would do pretty well against those guys. But you know who knows. Um. All right. Recruiting. Let's get to recruiting before we do. Uh, you will have a couple weeks here where you won't have to worry about a bowl. Simply go to a game in Tallahassee. And if you do, or if you're uh, already in Tallahassee, make sure that you visit our friends at Charlie Park. Charlie Park is Tallahassee's best rooftop bar. CharliePartRooftopBar.com is the website. We certainly recommend uh, reservations there uh, Friday night and uh, Sunday for their brunch in particular. Uh, but look, fantastic place, great place for Bud and I to be able to go have a cocktail, meet sponsors. Uh, it is a fantastic kind of oasis and uh, not uncommon to hear people remark that they have a hard time believing they're still in Tallahassee or whatever else. I don't know if that'll be your uh, personal experience, but I can guarantee you uh, a very aesthetically pleasing place, fun to look uh, out over the park there and uh, absolutely fantastic list when it comes to scotches, bourbons, and other liquors. So, Charlie Park, great place. Thanks for your support. All right. So, um, recruiting. Let's first address the elephant in the room with Lucas Simmons and Florida. I do not think that this is a Rod Kearney situation. Okay? Uh, for those of you all not familiar, Lucas Simmons is your high four-star offensive tackle from Clearwater. He's been committed to FSU for like five or six months now, I think it is. And maybe a little bit less, but anyway, like, like he's been committed since, since the summer. 
and has a good relationship with Alex Atkins, knows there's early playing time to be had in Tallahassee, and obviously I think is uh, is pretty well informed about the opportunities that can be had in Tallahassee all around, on and off the field. He did take a visit this weekend to Florida, uh, and that had people freaking out because Rod Kearney took a visit to Florida. He was a longtime FSU commit, and Florida flipped the kid. I'm not telling you there's a 0% chance of a flip here. I think anytime a player takes a visit elsewhere, it is somewhat unsettling for the staff to which he's committed. I'm not an idiot. I've done this for a long time. I'm not trying to get you know old takes exposed or whatever that, that account is, especially because the guy who runs that's a, a gator. But I don't think he's going to flip to Florida. Nobody I talk to currently thinks there's a legitimate like, like a real chance of it, not a 0% chance, but nobody thinks it's like it's 50-50 or he's going to have another decision to make or anything like that. From my understanding, the staff knew about the visit ahead of time. He, I think it was communicated like he was going with his team. I think it ended up being like a couple coaches and several teammates who also went on the visit. Florida had a ton of players in this weekend. Most of them will not sign with Florida. It's not a knock on Florida. It's just math. They don't have a million spots in their class. He has a strong relationship with Alex Atkins. I just tend to think that this one is going to stick for the Knolls, personally. I'm not super worried about this, and I figured we should just kind of say this off the top of the segment because that's probably the most popular question. Like, are we going to lose Simmons? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't particularly think so. Do you get what, what kind of vibe do you get from, from the guys you talk to? No, I don't, I don't um, have a whole lot of panic buttons being pressed, but to be fair... This wasn't a great staff last year at knowing when to press the panic button. Uh, but I, I don't hear uh, some of the outside noise necessarily that would support a whole lot of faith uh, that UF was about to flip this kid. But, you know, uh, we'll see. I, I'm more or less kind of where you are. I, I think that's fair. Um, let me think here. Other guys that we need to have some updates on. You did have a couple kids visit uh, Auburn over the weekend. Uh, so we'll get to them. One thing we probably need to monitor is, so Chris Otto, the the offensive tackle from Key West, right, who has been picking up a lot of steam. I do know that Florida State has been on him and liked him for quite a while. And so like, he's a kid who they want to get on, on campus for visits. He is also a really high academic kid. Are you trying to write a message to me in our in our doc? Or Okay, you're, no. you're, you're deleting something. Okay, yeah. got it. All right, apologies. I was, if, if you guys see me on YouTube, my eyes are darting up here. I'm like, what is Ingram trying to write here? And then just we deleted the Patreon question from the other section, so we don't have to double ask it. I guess because we're like Ron Burgundy, just read whatever's on the screen in front of us. <laughs> uh, all right. So look, Keldrick Falk did go to Auburn uh, over the weekend, and um, that's. I don't know. Auburn doesn't have a coach right now. If you follow what they did, you watch that broadcast at all. I think you saw like the crazy energy that they're trying to promote right now with Cadillac Williams and the SEC network and stuff. And Hey, I, I don't blame the SEC network for it. How in the hell do you promote that game between Auburn and A&M when they've, the one can't fire their coach financially and the other one already did. Uh, it's just kind of, you got to find some things, but it did have a pretty electric atmosphere there. I think he has a good relationship with with, with Papuchas. And again, I'm not telling you there's a 0% chance of a flip because you never like when your prospects visit elsewhere. But I don't feel super nervous about that one at the moment. 
we'll continue to sort of monitor the situation. So yeah, yeah. that's kind of yeah. where I'm at on that. Concerned on this one uh, on my half, not because of any information, but just a uh, whole lot of in-state kid. Auburn's always been the school that I've been concerned about here. Um, New coach coming in, maybe. Yeah, a lot of in-home, well, in-state yeah. energy, whatever. That, I mean, look, I, I'll give them credit. Auburn sold a game out when they're, what was a battle of three win teams or whatever that they were watching over the weekend. I mean, that's not something you can accomplish at many places, but uh, yeah, we'll just see. Uh, I don't have any information that makes me be concerned. This is just more somebody that's followed recruiting since they were eight years old. And there's a lot of general pieces here that fit with a concerning uh, if, if you're an out of state program that has a kid committed that starts to look at an in-state school late in the process, particularly one that has a, a bizarre amount of momentum uh around it so they also uh their their collective has as a war chest right now and their class sucks so yeah. they they, they, they gotta they spend it to on win. somebody they need to right? win yeah yeah for sure so uh i have a prediction that at the very least we will see a boatload of articles about auburn's pursuit of a lot of these kids that are committed elsewhere uh down the final stretch we come early signing day this year is december 21st which because it's the latest date it can possibly be because the month of December starts on a Thursday. Wow. Okay. That is much later than I thought it was. Interesting. Yeah, it's usually, I'm pretty sure, right? I, unless, yeah. unless I, unless uh, I miss something right. here on our you, calendar. You, you know this better than I do, man. I, um, I just, no, I mean, just, I, I it was have, what, I uh, December 10th last year. So that is a pretty big, pretty big movement. Yeah. It is December, uh, December 21st. So um, okay. that's annoying, honestly. Like to, yeah, but most kids sign early. They don't take they don't take the full three days and sign on. Like they're not going to sign on the twenty third. Most of them, I think, probably some kid from Washington will wait and do it like Christmas Eve and, and be annoyed that we didn't tweet out his stuff enough. All right, <laughs> whatever. Not not that's ever happened. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, um, any other high school stuff that uh, I I think for the most part you are. Update wise, it's, it, I think we should probably talk port a little bit here. Uh, you, I know you had some good, some good topics to hit here, so, so let, let's lay them on me. Uh, like first, I guess I'll just say I think we do still take seven plus transfers in this class. It's pretty clear you're going to need what one to two defensive linemen. Almost certainly going to need two defensive backs. Uh, which is that a commentary on? the room and the development of that room. I think so. Mm-hmm. If you can read between the lines there, maybe you may need a quarterback. I don't think you need a receiver unless a really special one comes. I think you definitely need a tight end, maybe two. I mean, that, that tight end room still is not any good at least. And, and I don't know if they're going to be ready for next year. Uh, a couple tight ends. I, I think you could probably look at uh, that. We'll, we'll go over next episode. Offensive line, I think you probably need one to two. You may need a backer. I mean, like I think seven transfers, I think, would be the bare minimum that you take this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, it will be interesting to see how this program tries to balance uh, the portal with high school uh, and the success that has come this season. Uh, that success is not going to be felt immediately uh, when recruiting high school kids. 
there's a much higher chance that you can have that in the portal. So I'm, I've, I've been talking about it for a couple months now. I'm fascinated to see how they handle uh, their numbers here and how they manage, uh, you know, their own their own ability to to bring kids in that you know we can kind of laugh and and wink at each other about tampering, but you don't really know a whole lot about anything right now. I mean, you're trying to, and maybe you will uh, with as as late a signing day as you have. That'll help give you a little bit of clarity. What the portal opens on the fourth? Is that right, Bud? It's first week of December, one way or another. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that that's may actually be beneficial to Florida State uh, with how it sets up uh, a, a December tenth signing day. Would not be friendly to Florida State and kind of what I'm describing here. Nonetheless, uh, you got to take kids and you have to take kids uh, that continue to fit the culture that's being built here. And I know that's kind of a a buzzword and stuff, but it's true. And it's, you know, one of the things that uh, has make this program uh, successful is that Mike has had a, uh, you know, certainly been lucky some, but has done a really good job in evaluating uh, not just the players, but the impact that they'll have on a locker room and uh, you know, we'll see what that means long-term and if that can be sustained. Uh, but it's going to be a hell of a balance and a hell of a balance to, to watch play out as fans, how we see, you know, is that going to have a pretty big impact on how many late reaches you make in high school? Absolutely. Yeah. Can I say something here on this? I, I, I thought about something here. So two things. Number one, this is the first time the staff has had momentum to go get high schoolers. Just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? Like, I don't want them to, to, like, if you're an FSU fan, you don't want the staff to just go get high schoolers just because they can. You mm-hmm. have to get the right high schoolers because you do need to save some room for next year's class if you think you're going to be here long term. And obviously, with every win, the chance the staff, at least Mike, is here long term, increases. On the other hand, You do not want to be a team that is relying on the portal all the time. The very best schools out there are still not being built through the portal. Georgia has no transfers on its team. Zero. And Kirby will tell you that. Clemson, I think, has one. and They took it as like a grad student type thing. Ohio State has a couple. But the vast majority of Ohio State starters are not from the portal. Michigan kind of the same way, right? They think they have like two starting for them from the portal. There is a risk if you go crazy portal every year that eventually you get negatively recruited on the high school side because you're like, hey, they're not going to care about you. And this is total BS, by the way, in my opinion. But like the negative recruiting will come and they'll say, hey, they're just going to take these guys who are experienced juniors or seniors. You're you're not going to get the play early because they load that team up with transfers every year. Now, the high school kid may respond with, well, hey, man, I've always been the best player on my team from the time I was four years old, right? So screw you. I'm going to go there and start, which is kind of the attitude you want in the guys you sign. But I'm saying it is a delicate balancing act that this staff will have to follow. Yeah. Well, if you've got a delicate balancing act uh, on your hands at work, I can assure you that there's nobody else that you would rather have than Matt Lewis and his team at Congruity. Congruity is uh, you know, nothing short of a brilliant business partner for us, and it has been uh, for many of our listeners. I think maybe six organizations, seven organizations. I'll have to go back and Matt with get a an actual count, but uh, I think next week we'll announce another that I'm real excited uh, to say came via the Nolcast. And again, whether it be HR, accounting, uh, anything that you think is keeping your business from being optimized, congruityhr.com 
is the website. And if you feel uh, like reaching out to me, uh, as many of our listeners have done for a third party introduction, please feel free to do so. Big, big thanks to Matt Lewis and his team. No doubt. Um, let's, and by the way, I said no doubt. It's a crutch. Uh, it's, a, it's a dollar in the fine jar. Apparently, I say that too much on this show. So I'll, I'll try to work on that. You asked me, do I sense a renewed optimism about JTRAV coming back? I, kind of. I'm not really sure where it's coming. Hmm. Okay. But, but I, like, I, I do sense it. I just do you think it's because he's not making a whole lot of like big time throws and like 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 NFL type throws in the last couple of weeks? I don't know. I don't know. I, I really am not sure where it's coming from. I, I think Jordan has continued to play himself into a, a level where he gets, you know, potentially drafted in like the fifth round or something like that. And if that's the case, I don't think he's coming back. And and you can have an interesting argument about you know, money in a one-year situation and living in the state of Florida. And that's awesome. And I, I don't dismiss that. Uh, but if this is a kid who wants to play in the NFL, uh, then uh, was he 23 this year or something like that? I mean, that's yeah. probably the direction he's going to go in. Uh, it will be obviously a very uh, definitive decision as far as what our expectations and, and thoughts are for what the 23 team looks like. Um, but I don't, like, just think that, like, oh, we're going to pay this kid $600,000 or $800,000 or whatever it may be in a one-year NIL deal. Uh, who knows? I think he's worth a million in a one-year deal. I mean, you, you got coordinators making a million, right? Like, in a one-year. That's the thing. Like, I I think it's, for some of these five-star quarterbacks, probably kind of crazy to pay them, like, you know, hypothetically, like maybe you're a like, quarterback in California that just, that just right. signed. Like maybe you got like one five two five three five and a balloon payment of four or something like that for your fourth year, which first of all I would never write a contract if I'm actually trying to reward by value that gives the most most money in the fourth year mm-hmm. because well, think yeah. about it like if you're actually as good as I hope you are and I'm paying you millions of bucks I want you gone after three years I want you to go play in the league, but for a single year thing this is like you see this in baseball some of these teams will offer these guys. A one-year deal. Veteran pitchers in particular. At, yes, like, like the Verlander deal, right? I mean, just like, hey, here's one year at $45 million. Okay, that's a, that's a boatload of money, but it doesn't have that long-term risk for you. Mm-hmm. And there there is some certainty associated with quarterback. And I, I don't even think Jordan's like a top you know, five quarterback in the sport, or probably not even a top 10, to be honest. But like, so you can't tell me that in a sport where – like, I think more than half of the power five has a million dollar coordinator that like a top, you know, 15 ish quarterback for a one year. Isn't worth a million. Like, yeah. If he's a difference to like, like a win or maybe even like a win and a half over who else you have on the roster. Um, maybe not who else you can get in the portal, but who else you have in the roster. I think it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, worth it. I would agree. We'll see if it happens. Uh, I don't know yeah. if it's worth Part it for Jordan wants either. Do. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of more my point. I, is getting one point one really worth it? If if you think that that's going to stop you from or slow down your development of being an NFL quarterback or whatever it is that you're, if you think he's going to be an NFL quarterback, like, whatever it is that helps you land on an NFL roster for five years or whatever it is that you can 
get a pension out of in a best case scenario. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This this will be fascinating to see play out. I, I still lean on that kid leaving. Uh, I, I certainly don't. That doesn't mean like I have a invested <laughs> thing that I all of a sudden want to see Jordan leave because that's my opinion or something. That's absurd. Would obviously be better for Florida State if he were to come back. Uh, but you know, this we'll just have to see how this one plays out. I agree with that. I, I uh, what's the grade and does he trust the grade? Right. Like mm-hmm. if, if he gets a good grade, he should leave. Obviously. Like if you get a draftable grade, go. Or especially well, maybe like a seventh rounder, but you know, if you think that if you get like a top one hundred grade, then yeah, go. Like absolutely, man. Go go like you're gonna make more money as a third rounder than you will in NIL in pretty much any school. And it also does start your clock, as you mentioned. If you get like a fringe draft grade, coming back, like you get free housing, you get free food. You get free trainers. I mean, pretty much everything is free. You have like no expenses. I don't know what Jordan's like. I don't know if he has kids or not. I, to my knowledge, he does not. Uh, I mean, I'm just speaking on term, but like, I think it's fair to say that like a college kid has very little expenses, you know? So like maybe electric bill, uh, internet, cell phone, that type of thing. You're like, if you get, anywhere close to a million, it's very easy to think you're clearing like 750 while still living an incredibly good lifestyle in Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. Probably like clearing more like 850, you know, taxes and whatnot, et cetera. But still. All right. Uh, Fabian and Jamie got invited to the senior bowl. Did you see that? I did see that. Yeah. Good for Jamie. Uh, Fabian, I think it's positive news for him as far yeah. as personally, as far as what his draft grade looks like. I think it's a kid that's uh, going to go make some money, and that's good. And even better that the injury that he had doesn't seem to have, you know, sidetracked his uh, his evaluation in the NFL eyes either. So, how many uh, um, how many guys are on a senior bowl roster? Zero clue. All right. Um... Let me look here. This is one, two, three, four pages. No, it's actually six pages. Six pages. Good God. Here, I'm just going to put this in Excel real fast so I can tell you. I'm, I, I have a point to this. So I'm looking here to see like, how many Senior Bowl invites go out each year. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. All right, so six pages of fifty. There's no way they have three hundred senior bowl invites. That can't be right. These these rosters have got to be just jacked up from last year or something like that. Cal Anderson. Oh, okay. Never mind. Ingram. They did them in uh, alphabetical. They did them by number, and then they did them by position. So mm-hmm. uh, it looks like like a hundred guys, or maybe a hundred and ten, get invited to the senior bowl. Um, there are what 230 picks in the draft when you think about the comp picks. Mm. Not all the senior bowl guys will go in the top 100 or, or in the first three or four rounds, but a, a decent number of them get invited. Will I? I think it's probably fairly safe to say that Lovett's going to get you know, some kind of decent grade. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, not like a they don't do the exact rounds anymore. I think it's like first 
like first first round top 100 and then return to school i'd be surprised if he got the return to school grade hmm. okay yeah i didn't then they've they've gotten even more ambiguous than they were yeah uh, it, if that's they used to be a little more specific but i yeah. think they okay. realize like they're not that good at figuring stuff out uh-huh so a little less head. egg on their face. Yeah. So or whatever it is. It goes from we think you're a third round grade to return to school, more or less. I mean Yeah, it's okay. weird. Um yeah. grades are given. <clears throat> I, I remember talking to somebody about this last year, return to school. Hey what? Buying this quieter keyboard was uh this was good, man. Much much better than, than the old one. <laughs> Much better, absolutely. Uh, although it's it's kind of made me lazier during the show because I can look things up during the show as opposed to just doing like a, a boatload of pre-show work. Uh, All right, I I can't find this um, pre pre-draft grade. I don't know pre whatever. Anyway, we're we're at like the hour and ten minute mark of this show. I'm, I'm gonna end it. All right. <laughs> We'll figure it out the next one. All oh, right. I was gosh. having an internal debate as to whether you were going to let yourself have the show end or if you were just going to be like, <laughs> damn it, I'm finding this before we ended. So, all right, y'all. I appreciate okay. it. Great to uh, be able to get behind a microphone of a team that's won seven games and a program that has a little bit of wind in its sails. So it's uh, it's been a fun, fun year, a uh, crazy year, but uh, awesome to see. Florida State start to put the right foot forward again, and uh, we'll be back with a uh, Instant reaction uh, on Saturday. Well, we'll preview it first and an instant reaction on Saturday from instant the Lutzen. Asterisk. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, that, that won't. We. I don't. I don't know that we'll be pressing record moments after that one ends, but uh, we'll see. I have we'll a see. have a birthday party for a special four year old uh, who just completed his last chemo treatment. Uh, oh, on, brilliant! On, on Sunday, and so it will be. Uh, uh, not super instant, but I'll, we'll, we'll we'll get it done. And oh. they're they're a Knowles family as well. So I did not know uh, that uh, was the situation, but that's that's exceptional, awesome, no doubt, awesome, man. Well, I will talk to you soon, buddy. All right, brother. Talk soon.